In today's episode, we speak to the wonderful human that is Sonny Torgman. Sonny is a hybrid athlete, boxer, twerker and coach, and we had a great conversation about the bullshit of hustle culture. We really had a chance to delve into what it was like um, compared to the health and fitness space, which is where Sunny predominantly works. I really hope you enjoy the interview. Make sure you check out the show notes for some great resources that Sunny shared and enjoy. Hello, hello and welcome. I am Lindsay, founder of Gold Digger Coaching and your host of the Anti-Hustle Club podcast. I should point out that I'm not 100% anti-hustle, but I am keen to have conversations with people about the good, the bad and the ugly that comes from chasing the hustle culture many of us grew up with. If this podcast can inspire just one person to embrace an anti-hustle hour in their everyday life, then I think we'll be on to a winner. Okay, so welcome, Sunny. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Thanks for having me. I'm more than welcome. So for people listening who don't know who you are, don't follow you on Instagram, then <laughs> let us know who you are and, and what you're about. Okay, hello. Um, I am Sunny and I am a boxer and a strong woman who is also a personal trainer and coach. Um, I like getting punched in the head. I like to lift heavy things and I like to help people reach their goals in a very kind of like, I don't want to say the word holistic because it, it has woo tint to it, but a very, very much like a comprehensive, like, you know, let's, let's get you to your fitness goals without like losing your soul or <laughs> being miserable, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm from Australia, so I am quite sweary. I should have asked whether um, I need to swear away. Them. No, no. Okay, yeah, I'm quite sweary, and I'm known for having opinions, which is probably why. That's amazing. That's what we want. Um, and yeah, no, feel free to bring your whole self to this podcast. Um, swear words and all, all good. Um, so one question that I kind of kick off with most people on the podcast is just asking what hustle means to you. I know that for different people, it's going to have different connotations, positive and negative. But when you hear the word hustle, what do you think? I think of those guys who are on Instagram yelling at you to work harder. Um, But in terms of like there are, that word is kind of tainted by, I guess, like what you talk about a lot, which is, you know, toxic hustle culture. Yeah. and I guess maybe maybe I'm on just I'm just on the wrong side of Instagram when I do see that. But um, of course, there are sort of, you know, I like to look at things like where does the middle exist in this? And it, I, I don't love extremes. Mm-hmm. So it's like um, and don't don't get me wrong. I do love to shit on hustle culture. But at the same time, I don't want to make anyone else who is into that feel bad because I'm I'm down with working hard and yeah. I'm down with being productive. And I'm down with all that stuff, but I'm what I'm not down with is working yourself into the ground and, um, you know, like doing everything you can to make a bit more money at all costs without, you know, losing quality time with your family and, and things that actually matter in life. So I guess my definition of hustle would be 
work hard but not to the point where you end up burning out which is easier said than done because you know yeah. you don't live in this shit without getting covered in it a little bit don't you so you know very true yeah I almost bloody burnt out the other day just doing doing too much so I'm just as um susceptible to it as anyone else I am by no means an expert on how to navigate like work-life balance if you like yeah So how have you seen kind of hustle culture play out either for yourself or those around you? I guess in terms of the way it plays out for myself, uh, I've seen it just watching from the outside and the kind of content that I associate with hustle culture. Mm -hmm. To me, it seems very gendered for one. Yeah. So you have kind of like, you know, like the the hustle bros, you know, yelling on Instagram Mm -hmm. and then on the more... Well, at least, you know, gendered female side, you have like um, girl boss and boss babe and boss babe feminism. And like, to be honest, none of that stuff is my cup of tea. Um, But like to get a little bit more personal in in terms of how it affects me, um, I kind of struggle, I tend to struggle with feelings of not enoughness. Mm -hmm. And basically, uh, uh, when I was younger, you know, that that was transferred those feelings transferred onto my body so I was like okay if I lose some weight and get tanned or whatever I'll you know I'll look better yeah whatever that means and then people will like me more people will expect will accept me more a lot I still struggle with that sometimes because Mm -hmm. um, I should probably say like I've I'm quite open and honest about this on Instagram but I've navigated binge eating disorder for quite some time Mm-hmm. And obviously some body image stuff tends to fall in with, with those sort of eating behaviours. So um, when this hustle culture started coming out, the way it affected me is I, I now had another thing to transfer my not enoughness onto. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, I don't have to only worry about my body now. I have to worry about being productive enough. Yeah. And a lot of the times it kind of replaced it. Oh, I feel better in my, like, I'm not, not even that I feel better in my skin. I just care a little bit less because I've, I work with a coach and I've been working with her for a long time on, mm-hmm. you know, my own mindset and my own things. And so sometimes it's like, ha- have I gotten better? Have I, has my mindset gotten better around my health and fitness and body image? Or have I just transplanted all that shit onto like how hard I'm hustling? <laughs> how have you seen it? Um, have an effect on anybody that you work with or any kind of conversations that you have on a day-to-day basis how do you see it kind of coming up I see it coming up as a lot of guilt and shame Mm -hmm. with people feeling like they're not working hard enough because um you know unfortunately the way that sort of algorithms and stuff are set up is that the, the most kind of like I guess provocative content tends to get the most engagement so it tends to be the most likely thing you will see and that's why I guess these extreme ends that might not even be sort of representative of like I guess what sort of entrepreneurs and and people who hustle or have side hustles or whatever it is actually believe but because it's it's so divisive it gets more comments you know in the positive and the negative and I guess you know it ends up in front of you and because of that, we have maybe like a little bit of a tainted idea of like a distorted idea of what it actually is because you're only seeing the really extreme stuff. Mm-hmm. And so they're saying, oh, I'm not actually working 60 hours a week. I did actually watch some Netflix last night. I feel bad because I'm not doing enough. How much do you think like 
people's definition of success plays into this. Yeah, I mean, I think we're all influenced by each other, right? And and you just mentioned comparison. Like, I feel like comparison is a lot more, um, I guess, innate to the human condition. And we mm-hmm. it, like we treat it like it's some kind of side effect. When like, if you look at you know studies of even the some of the great apes, you know, you do they do you get them to do a task and you give them a piece of um, delicious cucumber. And so they have a reward every time yeah. they do a task. But then when they give another ape uh, a grape for doing the, the task, the, the cucumber is no longer, he's looking at the other guy and he's almost like throwing throwing the cucumber now because he's comparing. Really? Before it was fine to have that, that yeah. reward. But now when he sees someone else getting something better, it's like, oh, no, now I'm just not happy with where I'm at because someone else is, maybe and a lot of this comes into like a lot of the issues I have with hustle culture is that someone else has more than you you know so they can they can like being able to indulge in hustle culture is a bit of a privilege you know Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's giving very bootstrap vibes like pull yourself up you know anyone can make it kind of thing it's like not really Talk to me about that then. Talk to me about the kind of the thoughts around hustle culture being privileged. What do you think about that? Well, I think it's a, a lot of it is guided under the assumption that we live in a meritocracy, mm-hmm. which isn't necessarily true and that everybody is kind of on the same playing field and gets the same opportunities. And, like, if you're working 60 hours a week and getting four hours sleep and, you know, answering emails at 11 o'clock at night, you will succeed but there are a lot of people who do that and are just trying to get by yeah um another thing another thing that uh it's kind of I guess a cognitive distortion in the sense of what we see um it's it's a bias isn't it called Mm -hmm. uh survivorship bias because we tend to only see the Gary V's and 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 all of that because you know it's like for example in the fitness space and like if you see a I don't think this is as popular anymore, but bodybuilding was a big thing. Yeah. It was really bad because like the idea of what fitness meant, meant having like ridiculous levels of body fat that aren't actually healthy. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's a story for another time. Isn't it? <laughs> but but the, the, the whole thing is, you know, you see the girl or the boy get on stage and you're like, wow, they look amazing. Look at what they achieved. They grinded, they hustled to get the body, and now like they're reaping the benefits of it. But what you don't see is a bunch of other people who completely bombed trying to prep for that comp. Mm-hmm. Um, in the same sense as you, you see the people like the Gary V's flow to the top, but you you don't see the millions of other people who have been working their ass off and aren't getting anywhere. So yeah. that's kind of where the I guess that privilege comes from. It's like you know, I think we can all, like some of us, even, you know, less privileged people, we've all had some some form of luck sometimes and, and then some form of disadvantage. And I, my, at least for me, I, I personally find that quite humbling. Like, like, yes, some of the things you do have because you worked hard, but a lot of the things you have because of good luck, because of your privilege, because of where where you are in society and, and, and the kind of resources you've had access to. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, nobody's knocking you that nobody's saying you didn't, you're not working hard. It's just that, you know, some people have to work a lot harder to get, you know, half as far. Mm. And it's, it's as though like we're, 
we're only celebrating those that are successful in kind of general terms of getting to the top being in the top like five percent we're kind of celebrating that hustle but Mm. not necessarily celebrating the other 95 percent of people who are still trying to do that but not being successful in those terms I guess yeah yeah and it's like what what does it even mean to be successful because if I look at these pages it seems like I don't know sitting in front of a car that you rented is (laughs) is is what success is and it's like well uh, is someone who kind of spends a bit of their spare time not necessarily hustling or making money but maybe volunteering for a good cause are they not hustling like is that not success you know somebody who has enough work-life balance to actually spend time with their family when they close their computer at 6 p.m and refuse the urge to you know answer emails late into the evening Uh, is that not success like I guess it depends on what your definition of that is but I feel like there are some people who are trying to define that for us and (laughs) I don't fuck with it yeah and I think definitely with the one thing as I've kind of like done the podcast and then with my clients and things it's realizing that a lot of people don't define what success means to them so they kind of jump on this treadmill of running a million miles an hour um you know striving for that next pay rise or that next job role I mean that was me like four years ago that's exactly what I was doing I was running a treadmill a million miles an hour I bought into everything around hustle culture and I hadn't really ever stopped to define what that meant, what success actually meant to me. And then I had a breakdown and realized very quickly that I needed to reassess what success looked like to me. And that's how I came and I kind of came on that journey. But I do believe success is massive to kind of being able to step outside of the kind of stereotypical hustle culture. Yeah, 100 percent. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're, you know, a little bit more balanced now. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's hard. It is hard. It is hard. Well, like, what advice would you give to people who were kind of like feeling stuck in that that kind of hustle situation? I would just tell them um, in terms of if you look at the evidence of like if your goal is to achieve as much as you possibly can and I guess um, be as productive as one can be, um, you know, I would point them to some resources on the science of learning. Mm-hmm. And I would say if you, st- if you spend an extended period of time sitting in front of your computer doing the same thing, your brain doesn't actually get enough time to process it because and then sort of it goes in your eyes and out your ears or whatever the saying is. Yeah. But you, you don't actually, your brain needs breaks to process it and because part of the way the brain works is that it responds to changes. So you need to actually pull yourself away from changes and that that was really hard like you know in the hustle culture yeah <laughs> um kind of zeitgeist we're in at the moment it was like I was pulling away from my work because I knew that I needed to in order to take in what I was doing um and actually process everything but then I would use my quote-unquote break to do some other form of work it's like okay I'm going to pull my away from my computer and then I'm going to read this book that you know will help me and, it, and it's just like just just sit down yeah. and play some video games. I don't know, go for a walk. Yeah. Um, so I would say like, I would tell them that, 
them not them really pushing themselves into the red isn't necessarily going to get them a better outcome. And then I would say something like, look at the most successful companies in the world like Google. Like it's good to see that things are changing and pulling away from that. They have sleeper pods and stuff. And they've invested thousands and thousands of dollars into making sure that their um, their employees have a good work-life balance. And they wouldn't fucking do that if it didn't make people more productive. They wouldn't have invested all this money into making sure their people can exercise and their people can get a little power nap if they need one, yeah. if it wasn't, you know, affecting their bottom line ultimately. So it's like, you know, if the if one of the biggest companies in the world acknowledges how important breaks and rest and sleep are and exercise and all that good stuff we talk about, then you should probably take heed to that. And you're even seeing it change in terms of the most successful people in the world. Like Jeff Bezos is out here bragging about the fact that he gets eight hours sleep. <laughs> That's very, very different yeah. to, to what it used to be like. But like three or four hours was a flex before. Yeah, massively. Like, you know, days off, you know. All that. Yeah. If your goal is to actually be more productive and get more stuff done and have more free time, you, you're probably going to be better off actually taking it a little bit easier. So, you know, it works for you. It, it can work for your, you know, your mental health and your well-being as well. So to me, it's a win-win, like get more out of your work and also have a more enjoyable life. Yeah, definitely. And I think there is that kind of thought around, you know, it's like, oh, I just need to kind of work really hard until this project's finished or until like this next this next milestone comes along and people aren't thinking, they're thinking short-term rather than long-term. Mm. I think often having that kind of short-term focus, it's good in some respects when, when you know, you'd need to kind of focus on a deadline, but doing that short-term in like six-week periods of like, right, I need, really need to focus, get this over the line, but then something else comes along and then something else comes along and then you never get a chance to stop. I resonate with that really hard because yeah. like I, I, the one thing after another reminds me of I, I really struggle saying no to people because, yeah. again, like this feeling of not enoughness seeps into like, you know, people accepting me. So it's like I, I, I feel it's almost an, a, an, a compulsion to say yes and I have to like really slow it down and just on this weekend on Saturday I almost had a panic attack because I came to the realization that I had so much stuff packed into my day and this was on a weekend like this should have never happened yeah. so much stuff packed into my day and so much stuff that I had to do that wasn't necessarily in my calendar that I was like oh my god my, my chest started to like caving in I was like oh shit I need to I need to really get better at saying no a lot of the time I tend to be a little bit extreme. I don't want the pendulum to swing too far the other way. Just go, no, fuck you. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I want, I want it. Up. The no represents like the pause. Yeah. It's like, do you have time to do this? If you say yes to this, what are you saying no to? You know, those kind of questions. Um, so yeah, whether or not it works remains to be seen. <laughs> but it is you're right it's about taking that pause because I'm exactly the same I say that I'm a recovering people pleaser so I kind of I would always say yes to everything just either because I want to help people or just because I don't want to look bad yeah and also one thing that I find really helpful to think about and it's quite important whether or not you are you struggle to say no or you just stretch a little bit too thin is like the quality of your work is going to be more shit 
if you do stretch yourself too thin. So it's like, would you rather do less stuff and put out really high quality work or would you rather just kind of half-ass? And then no one's happy. The person who asked you for help is like, oh, yeah, it's all right, but, you know, this this isn't the you I know. And, again, it's like just taking that um, as a compliment as well because it's like they've come to you because they recognise that you are good at something. So people out there, like if you're listening and you and you have people asking you to do things, first recognize that it's because they see value in what you do. Um, sometimes it's because they're used to just asking people. There's there's kind of a lot of learned helplessness in there too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for whatever reason, they recognize you as the person. Hopefully it's not because you always say yes. <laughs> um, but certainly that's been me in the past and still remains to be me um just a yes person yeah go sunny she'll say yes might not be the first choice but she'll say yes so how hard do you think it is going to be for you to kind of navigate that and start to say no and what impact do you think you'll have by saying no more so um one thing that's very very difficult about it and like I heard Brene Brown talking about this and I was like that that exact thing is that if you are if you have because we played certain roles don't we you know you're you're the friend you're the mom you're you're the coach whatever but you're also many things Mm -hmm. but as soon as you if you start saying no to people and you've been a person who has always said yes people are going to be taken aback and people you know might take that the wrong way and it's not necessarily because they think you're a cunt now it's because it's just surprising to them people are people are used to you know people like regularity and predictability and so when you throw a kind of wild card out there and say well I'm not actually going to say yes to everyone now um you know some yeah sometimes that can really take people aback um, so you just have to kind of that makes it even more difficult to to navigate but you just have to be wary that some people might have boxed you in as the type of person that says yes and you know when you try and free yourself of that box it's not always that easy yeah um, so I, I guess what you can do is ask um, one one brilliant thing that I've um, I learned I think it was from M- Michael Bungay Stania he said it, sometimes it's not even about saying no, it's about saying yes slower. So if you continue yeah. to ask people questions about what they want from you, um, you might, they might, first of all, ideally, this would be the most brilliant outcome is that they figure it out for themselves. They've actually had a moment to talk through it. So just like talk to them and figure out exactly it is what, what they want from you. Um, okay. And, and like, what do you want? Ask oh, nicer than that. Um, you know, how, how can I help you do this? And like, what is the specific issue that you're struggling with? Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I go, oh, actually, I figured it out. Don't worry. Or they just can't be bothered asking all the questions because sometimes just like we can be reactive people pleasers and, you know, almost say yes on instinct. There are people who, you know, delegate on instinct or just try and pass off work on instinct yeah. as well. And and having that pause and asking them questions gets them to either go, oh, actually, I can maybe figure this out by myself, or they'll go, oh, mate, you asked too many questions, I'm going to go ask someone else, which is also fucking great because yeah. all that meant is they didn't really know what, what they even wanted from you in the first place, and a lot of people don't. Yeah. They just have kind of idea that you can help them they don't really know what they want. So just approach them with some a little bit of curiosity. 
like what do you think to the whole because I've had a few conversations really about the whole like girl boss and I've heard mumpreneur and all those kind of things what do you think about those kind of labels I think like I think that these movements are kind of co-opting feminism well what people perceive to be as mainstream feminism Mm -hmm. but make it capitalism yeah that's that's to me what that is it's like trying to then again it's kind of exploitative when you think about it because you know who spends the most money on self-improvement on coaching on training women we're always trying to you know level up we are we are some goal-getting bitches aren't we aren't we hell yes yep I'm a gold digger that's it yeah we we are we are about that life and I feel like people kind of tend to exploit that because that might be a pain point (laughs) but we want to achieve and we don't feel like we are where we want to be and then someone comes out with the answers and you just got to be a girl boss yeah yeah four hours sleep oh my god no I'm a seven to eight hours sleep sometimes maybe nine if I have less than six, I am cranky as hell. Um, I have to eat at regular times, otherwise I get even crankier. Like, mm-hmm. I'm all about... And it's like, I don't like to use the word... I think balance is a difficult word to use because it's not um, it's not black and white. You can't have, like, right, I'm going to spend half of my day doing this, half of my day doing that. It's, it's very up and down, but it's just finding the moments, I think, within the day that you can have mm-hmm. them time and I thought what you said before um about the brain actually needing time to absorb what you're doing and taking it and was so interesting because we don't often think like that at all like it's like right what else can I consume what else can I get into mm-hmm. my brain and you don't realize that after a while it just it's not working anymore yeah speaking of that um one thing about that just just to kind of like highlight the fact that the Mm. brain needs a break in order to absorb and process um if you look at like the science of a a shower thought um so you know everyone's familiar with shower thoughts you tend to have these good ideas in the shower or something some scientists think that the reason that we tend to have these shower thoughts is because we're fucking relaxed yeah because we're not doing anything because we're not working you know you're not taking your devices into the shower with you it's the one time where you know you're not pulling away from your work to have a quick scroll like and and then so your brain's kind of kind of free to bounce around and explore different things and you know you're not consuming tiktok videos which are extremely addictive (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that's so so true I love that though it's just like taking the the shower yeah because most of my the best ideas I have come in the shower or when I might literally just sitting and not doing anything which is very rare to be honest but Mm. um we went to I think it was last weekend we went to um a spa in Bath and we couldn't you weren't allowed to take your phones in or anything so they were locked away for like three or four hours and I was like in the in one of the pools for like an hour just letting my mind wander and it was the best feeling ever like it was just I mean it took it took me like 15 minutes to kind of accept that there wasn't anything else to do but just let my like it wasn't like a pool where you could swim in or there wasn't like things to read there was it was literally just me and my brain and it took me like 15 minutes to get into it but then after that I was like 
this is amazing. It was just, yeah. definitely need to do more of that. Definitely. Um, what do you think is the, if we think about anti-hustle culture then, what do you think the future of, of hustle and anti-hustle culture is? Well, I guess just like most things, like I feel like life is just grey in the same sense that you just said about balance not being a thing. Like I, I totally agree with you. Like my view on balance as well is, well, actually, if you want to achieve certain things, you actually have some have to have some form of imbalance. Yeah. If you've decided like for burners theory, right, like if you've decided that you want to make work a priority and your career a priority then you're going to have to maybe take some time out from family or your health you know if you want to be really successful you might have to turn down those other burners Mm -hmm. um you know so it's one of those things where it's like if you want to prioritize something you do have to have some sort of imbalance in terms of like how much time you spend working towards that and there's nothing wrong with that it's just when it when the scale tips too far I guess then then it can be a problem because it just you you just become consumed by it and that's that's where I think burnout and things like that happen Mm. um but yeah do you think there is like um there is more of a shift away from hustle culture or do you think it's always going to be there but oh I I think definitely like the reactionary anti-hustle culture thing is in full swing Mm -hmm. and and that happens like the pendulum will swing the other way right and then we'll settle down in the middle once we've kind of woken up and yeah I don't love either side like it's the same there are actually a lot of parallels right in the fitness industry to this hustle culture thing isn't there like you don't have like a lot of the toxic toxic fitness accounts will say you don't have abs because you don't want them bad enough oh, my God, just say you have privilege and go away. Like, okay, you can spend four hours in the gym a day training and you're sitting there telling a mom that's working two jobs that's single that she doesn't want it bad enough. Like, oh, my God, get in the fucking bin. But, yeah, and and then you have that same thing with the hustling. Like, you know, you don't want it bad enough because you're not willing to work harder. And, um And then in in the same sense that we have the anti-diet now, which is kind of the other way, no, fuck the diet and fuck the hustle. If you want to sit on your ass all day and do nothing, you're allowed to. And absolutely, I believe that. Like, live your life, do what you want. But I I, I think if you want to live a meaningful and valued life, I don't think working yourself into the ground or sitting on the couch all day doing nothing is the answer. I think it's probably somewhere in the middle. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's just finding like ways to do things that are meaningful to you um, without letting those things kind of consume you so I'm looking forward to kind of the pendulum swinging back into the middle here but there will always be extremes right I'm really interesting interested to touch on that point where you said about the parallels of like hustle culture and um, the fitness industry can you just expand on that a little bit more and kind of what your experiences have been like you know you've been in the industry and seeing that every day for sure yeah so I kind of see a lot of parallels between talking points of like I guess you would say like big mainstream fitness or like I guess people would term them maybe diet culture type of accounts mm-hmm. where it's like you know the primary focus is 
changing your body to look um, a way that I guess society has decided looks good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, eating the most bland fucking food imaginable. Um, and yeah, just generally like working really, really hard. Yeah. And so you see, you see that those parallels in the in the hustle culture side of it as well. And you know, the talking points about you don't want it bad enough, and you know, you need to grind, you need to work, team no days off. All of this stuff has been in the fitness industry. And there is there is a push away from that with the anti-diet, just like the anti-hustle. Mm-hmm. And then there's people like me and actually a lot of my kind of contemporaries who are kind of just trying to hang out in the middle. Like we recognize that people do have fitness goals and people still want to change their bodies. Mm-hmm. Like there's this thing in the fitness industry right now where it's almost like a lot of people still don't feel great in their skin and and that might need some sort of deeper work than just going on a diet of course um you know a lot of people we have to recognize that a lot of people come to us not necessarily for what the surface thing they're coming to you is Mm -hmm. it's like I want to lose weight well why do you want to lose weight like you know maybe it maybe it's confidence that they need or something else and they feel like they can get that from losing weight or you know progressing in their career or whatever it might be I feel like there's a lot of parallels there but yeah the point is that like those people, they're being kind of manipulated by the same types of talking points, those pain point mm-hmm. kind of things. Um, and yeah, I just, I just, I'm just kind of in the middle. And the anti people are going, do whatever you want, you know, don't, you don't need to exercise, you don't need to eat salad, whatever it might be. And it's like, well, it, it, it's gotten to the point now where, you know, somebody going on a diet is not, not body positive or someone wanting yeah. to change their body is like being attacked for wanting to change their body. So you've got a bunch of people now who are kind of afraid to say it because like we live in this society. It's not their fault. Like a lot of the yeah. times that I, and I don't want to be one of these we live in a society types but you know what I mean like yeah. there is a reason why like I learned that my body wasn't quote-unquote right when I was like 11 like what yeah. the fuck I was a child um yeah. and so like we have to recognize that those things have been ingrained in us for a long long time mm-hmm. because society has decided that yes there is an ideal body and it fits into a very very narrow spectrum that some people fit into and some people don't yeah um and some people want to want to lose weight to fit that ideal or to gain more confidence or whatever, like not here to judge that. But at the same time, they feel like they can't say that now mm. because if they do, they will be all the anti-diet people will be jumping on them saying, mm. you know, you, you shouldn't want that. And it's like, well, I just I just think like you're assuming what people want. They both are. Yeah. Like let, we can we can talk to them and we can educate them on how to. You know, because you like my my coach says you can change the way you look without changing how you feel and you can change the way you feel without changing how you you look. Yeah. So you can absolutely change your thinking around your body that gets you in into these positions. But you can also go after your goals and get in the gym and lift weights and get stronger and get more jacked. Like, why can't you do both? Yeah. And so I guess my experience with the fitness industry, staying in the middle, staying in the gray area and just looking at the hustle culture stuff play out is like, I'm sure that there are lots of people like me in the hustle 
world and I, I actually follow a couple of the accounts mm-hmm. that are more like about balance yeah and um and and they are actually the most evidence-based ones so like it'll be like a behavioral scientist yeah. that that helps you um you know be more productive and they're all telling you to rest and they're all sorry robot vacuum cleaner <laughs> oh my god you've got a robot vacuum cleaner Yes, babe, because the grind don't stop. We don't have time to vacuum. <laughs> Is it good? Yes. Like anything, you know what? Let's talk about this because so I don't know, I don't know if you, you relate to this at all or if anyone listening does, but when you when you first get like something that kind of automates something that you had to do before, there is a lot of guilt around it. Mm. like I should just be able to clean the house like how long does it take me to sweep my floor like not long at all but when you start to see your time as valuable yeah then it becomes a question of well is spending this amount of money okay if it frees up this much time and you shouldn't feel guilty about that like I, I have some friends who are you know well off enough to be able to afford a cleaner that comes you know a couple of times yeah. a week or once a week and I'm like I I I haven't taken that step yet, but, and I don't think I will because I'm not that messy, but at the same time, I do understand. And one of them said to me, they were like, dude, just, you know, put a price on it. Like, yeah, do you want to spend your day cleaning up or, you know, can you have someone else do that um, so that you can free up your time to do something else? It just depends on how you look at your time and so but then but then it's I was like oh but I guess it comes back to a productive thing oh I'm not being productive because I can't even keep my house clean and god some days it's like man I really need to do some fucking laundry yeah (laughs) it is though it's that kind of like you know the things that you feel like you should do like you know that my my parents and like generations before us it, it was you know definitely a gender thing as well like as a woman we would be cleaning the house we would be doing everything it feels like it's it's a massive it is a massive privilege to be able to have those kind of things and to be able to do that but it is also about thinking how much do you value your time and do you value it enough to kind of like your friend said put a price on it and to think actually me spending that money on a cleaner once a month Mm. is worth that because the month the time that I get back I can actually go and help other people or I can be, um, you know, doing podcasts or writing a blog post or something that can help more people. So it, it feels very unnatural. I get, I understand where that comes from. It does feel very, I don't know. Yeah, it's just, it's kind of like a dance with with guilt, but then you're like, oh, I can create value. I'm also giving someone some work, you know. Yeah um there's there's a lot of things that play into it but it's it's a very I find it a very sticky point Mm. but eventually once you get it you're like oh my god I'm so glad and then you just kind of forget about it eventually you're gonna have to send me the link to that I'll put it in the show notes for people to be able to buy their own get yourself a robot vacuum amazing (laughs) definitely thank you so much for chatting to me today it's been really really lovely to chat to you um for people who are listening who want to find out more about you and 
to see you lift heavy shit and get punched in the face. Not that they want to see that, but you know what I mean. Um, where oh, can they find sorry, you? And, and <laughs> where can they find you? And what have you got coming up? Um, so you can find me on Instagram mainly at sunny underscore hybrid underscore fit. Um, and I have my coaching services on there. I run a monthly sort of training program for people who can't afford coaching as well that I started like in the pandemic um, for people who just want to follow a program and have some structure in the gym. Um, yeah, so in between like my full coaching services and that, you can jump on that or you can just, you know, come on Instagram and just, you know, have a bit of chat, have a bit of banter. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I'll definitely put all the links to everything in the show notes um and i will yeah have we'll go and have a rest of what day is it what time is it where am i it's wednesday enjoy the rest of your wednesday and i will speak to you very soon you too lovely thank you for having me no worries bye you have been listening to the anti-hustle club podcast thank you so much for being here i hope you've been able to embrace just a little bit of anti-hustle into your everyday Don't forget to hit the subscribe button, leave a review and give us a follow at the Anti-Hustle Club on Instagram.